0: All right. Let's turn our Bibles to Isaiah chapter uh, 42, here, and verse one. Uh, it's a concluding session on the uh, subject of praying or receiving answers to our prayers. And so I will just go over things that we have principles we have shared, and then uh, um, establish two new thoughts. All right, so in two new thoughts. Now he says in verse 1, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him, and he says he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. It tells us that he shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street, so he's going to be silent about this. A bro's rage shall he not break. A smoking flax shall he not quench. So he's going to treat people, with, he'll be sensitive to people in the pursuit of this objective. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail, nor be discouraged, till he has set judgment on the earth and the isles shall wait for his law. The isles shall wait for his law. Uh, So we are looking at this today, right? receiving answers to the prayers that we offer up unto God. And we see here that this individual described in the book of Isaiah made two quality decisions in the process of bringing The judgment received into the earth. The first one is that he says, He shall not fail. In other words, the individual has decided, I shall not fail. I am going to be successful in this venture. And success here, all right, is more of a decision. that a person makes before anything happens, rather than it being a choice, all right, game here. So he decided. And when you are dealing with God this way, you have to have a make a quality decision. In other words, it's a decision that is made independent of circumstances, but anticipating that no matter what happens, here, raise my foot in the stand. I shall not fail. And then it says, I will not be discouraged. So he knows that things are going to happen, but he says he will not allow these things to affect his or her own mood. I will not be discouraged. I am not going to allow myself. So be downcast. I will fight back when anything is thrown at me, all right? Any curveball is thrown at me from the circumstances of life. It's a decision to rise up on the inside, to find strength within, and to stand upright and erect within in the midst of the storm. It is a quiet and confident work on the inside, which means a disciplined work within that I am not going to get discouraged, but I am going to push back. That when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit will lift up as standard on the inside. And so he it says it's a decision not to fail. And what produces failure is that people give up all right, or they refuse to take the education of the road. In other words, in the pursuit of anything, if you refuse to give up, or I will humble yourself and understand it is not going to happen with you remaining the way you are with the same mindset, but you're going to get feedback, and from the feedback, as you push, you are going to change. All right, and go through a reformation that is called a renewal of your mind. New thoughts are going to be introduced to you. You are going to accept new ways of looking at things, and there's going to be a behavioral change. Once you are willing to submit to the process, there, then a failure becomes impossible. So people fail because they are either, all right, they don't they don't fight back. They are not. Uh, they don't give their hearts to what they are doing, all right? Or, all right, they are rigid, which means that they don't change. The wind changes the way in which it's blowing, but they remain at the same and insist that life accepts them the way they are instead of going through, all right, some reformation. So here's the decision that he made until he said judgment. In other words, the judgment let's look at it this way, that I've received from God in answer to prayer, until that judgment be established on the earth, I'm going to be in this. I will not cry. I will not lift up my voice. I'm not going to be loud about this. So the failure there, or I failure, the possibility of it, you've decided does not exist. And then you've decided that you're going to go out calmly, quietly, So succeed, not, all right, exalt yourself, not put yourself in anybody's face, uh, but do what is necessary, which starts with a disciplined thought life and no outward showing there. So these are things that go on, on the inside of you, all right, knowing that, all right, you increase your warfare, I will see this. Uh, with the, once you increase the noise and you throw throwing yourself, you might just be increasing all right, the warfare that is in your life. So I want to look at um, adjustments to make principles there. Uh, and we said when a person prays and he receives the answer, then there's a waiting period which becomes the most exciting period because that's when morning by morning God opens your ears and you'll find the knowledge of wisdom, all right, that is sweet unto your soul. So we look at a few things, all right? Number one, we said it is important that when you go to God in prayer and you want to make your request known unto him, you first of all understand, that's why we're going in worship, because we understand that God is all-knowing, and God is all-powerful. All right? Long before we became consciously aware of the situation, God has already prepared a way of escape. Uh, The way of escape is what God himself has already prepared. Therefore, we go there in worship, acknowledging God's sovereignty and might, that this situation uh, has not, all right, taken God by surprise that he has already prepared a way of escape. Now, the more we make decisions out of our emotions in response to things, the more mistakes we make in life. All right, people make mistakes when their emotions govern their decision-making, all right, process. And the Bible describes in the book of Romans how that part of man's being is kept in check. It says that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful. And when you don't do that, then you open up yourself, all right, to uh, emotions, ruling, and governing all right, your decision-making there. So professing to be wise. You think what you are doing is intelligent and smart, right, but it says uh, the sense of judgment, all right, has been lost. So it's important. That's why it says, be slow to speak, be quick to hear, be slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So first thing is bring everything under God's sovereignty and worship bring yourself into a place of quietness and calmness there in worship all right here is the foundation so that you can come to know what god has prepared for you in that situation every indication in the scripture tells us that god has prepared something it says i has not seen ear has not heard neither has it entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared for them that love him. And then He says, God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. So the Spirit reveals these things. And He says, no man knows the things of a man except that man's Spirit. Even so, no man knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. And that we have received his Spirit that we may know those things freely given to us of God. So God has already given certain things freely unto us, and the Spirit of God is given to us that we may know these things. And here is the foundation, all right, for successful prayer and a successful faith walk, without which the application of spiritual principles will appear as the practice of metaphysics where, where you're trying to control your thought life, all right, in order to control the circumstances of your life without you having any direct connection with God. The foundation of this thing is revelation from God. In other words, you cannot have faith Which is certainty that God will do something, except God communicated to you, not in a general sense, but in a personal way, that this is what He wants to do. Right? The fact that I know that somebody has the capacity to do something, and that somebody is kind, is not sufficient for me to be certain. He is going to meet a particular or specific need in my life at a particular time. So the fact that I know that this person is kind and this person has capacity gives me hope. But the only way I can be certain that this person is going to act towards me in this particular way is that they make a verbal commitment to me. That is, I know this person is of good character, so he will swear to his own heart, and he will change not. And the absence of this kind of interaction, all right, is what really means we really don't have the foundation. So this interaction has to be there, and I'll quickly explain this. This is the foundation of it, all right? So I know that this wealthy man has capacity and is kind, but until I go to him, and talk to him about my need, and he makes a verbal commitment to me, I am only hoping he will do something. I have no guarantee I'm going to get him to do it until he makes a commitment. And we can get God's commitment on every single thing that we are going through. And is this commitment or this revelation here That is the foundation, right? Now, revelation there is not difficult, but it takes humility, which means to know what is on God's mind. It's not difficult. Let me take my time and explain this, but it takes humility because the nature of revelation means it is something that is covered, even though it's simple, it is covered and can only be seen when the person who covered it decides to take off the lead. In other words, revelation comes as a result, not of the exercise of your mind or intelligence, but because the person who covered it has uncovered it to you, right? Knowledge of science, which comes from God, comes as a result of such. Now in Romans 1, 16, it says, that the the gospel is the power of God of salvation, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Now, when he talks about righteousness there, all right, he's talking about the plan, the redemptive plan of God is revealed, which means it was covered throughout the ages. But then he goes on and tells us about another form of knowledge that God gives that it doesn't require revelation to get. Now, follow what he's saying here, what Paul is saying in verse 18. He now said the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against ungodliness, unrighteousness, hold the truth in unrighteousness. Verse 19, he said, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. So it's manifest. For God showed it to them, he says in 20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. So he says there is the knowledge of God in creation. Where we find science, where we find nature, the study of nature, natural things, where we get physics, where we get these things. He said those things, all right, as not like the revelation of righteousness. The righteousness there requires that it be revealed. This other one is manifest. If you just search for it, you will find it. It's there, all right? The laws are there. Uh, you can go to school and acquire that. But he's saying you can have all of that, which actually is knowledge from God, a type of knowledge, and be very smart in all of that. But a person can be very intelligent, understand science, become a professor in all of that. But you preach the simple gospel to that person and the person says, I don't see what you're talking about. It doesn't make sense to me but this person is an expert in physics and all of that. This shows you this, but he just doesn't get it. And somebody else who is not educated has the knowledge of God in terms of he knows God's power and all of that because that knowledge does not come, all right? It doesn't come by superiority of intellect. It comes because God uncovers it to that particular individual, which means God opened the lead. And anybody can see it once the lead has been opened up by God. All right, The second one is the knowledge that comes from Jesus, but it's the kind of knowledge that we have in science that people can investigate and discover things. So this explains why a person can be very brilliant in natural things, All right, can explain things powerfully, know mathematics, know all of that, speak different languages, and then you preach the gospel in its simplicity, and the person just tells you, I don't understand what you are talking about, it's just not possible, because that one comes by revelation, which means the individual humbles himself or herself and says, I can never discover this, no matter how brilliant I am. There's no way I can know what God intends to do through my own intellect, all right? Except the Holy Ghost acts on my behalf and removes this particular lead here, then I will see it clearly. And the only requirement to get that is that you surrender to God in worship and simply ask him to do it. And once you ask him to do it, then he shows you, all right, that particular thing and that's the foundation. And that's why Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And this kind of knowledge, when the lead is opened up, all right, preachers can preach around and tell you that it's God's will, this and preach that and generate hope. But it's when that lead is opened that you as an individual, you see it clearly and you have a direct contact with God concerning that thing where he shows you, all right, that particular thing and you come to know on the inside that this is what God wants to do. So Jesus told his disciples, who do men say that I am? How have you been taught? And then they said different things and Jesus was the rabbi. All right, nobody can teach beyond Jesus. If Jesus couldn't give it just by his teaching and he said it was an act of the father, then understand that except we pray, like Paul did, that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, put a person under the finest teachers of God's word, without offering up prayer unto God, they will not see anything. They will hear, they might mentally comprehend things, but they won't see clearly, all right, what God intends to do in their lives in that particular situation. So God uncovers that. And Jesus said, upon this rock shall I build my church. Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father who is in heaven, upon this, am I going to build my church and the gates of hell? That's the foundation to success. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we said that's the starting point. A person has that kind of encounter with God. I remember I said this last service once, somebody, this been around 11, 12 years ago, Alright, at the Yaba Center, after one service, a young guy walked up to me and he said, he said, I I came in here and I dream, and every time I dream, it does come to pass. So I said, so what are you saying? right. and for me, my antenna is up, that you're trying to manipulate me here by saying anytime you dream, it comes to pass, so you tell me a dream, so I'll be subservient to you based on your dream. I mean, that's the way I would look at it. And he said, I saw blood. And at the end of his conversation, I knew what he was saying was death. So I said, "All right, thank you very much, you can go. All right, and I just w- w- pushed it out of my mind. But it didn't leave my heart. So I slept, woke up, it didn't go. So I said, Let me talk to God about this. So I prayed to God that God, all right, give me something that will wipe this thing out of my consciousness where I will never, all right, consider it again, not as a struggle, all right, in my thought life, but the entrance of the word that gives light and banishes it from my heart and certifies that that thing cannot happen. So, I was reading the Bible, all right, and when you ask him for that, I was reading the Bible, and I saw somewhere in Isaiah 29, and you can put that up, and it says, it shall be that those that fight against Zion, it shall be as a man, it says, when a hungry man dreameth, and behold, he eateth, but he awaketh, and his soul is empty. And when a man thirsty dreameth, and behold, he drinketh, but he awaketh, and behold, he is faint his soul hath no appetite. In other words, what he saw in the dream will not happen. So shall the multitude of all the nations be that fight against Zion. I'd never seen that scripture before, all right, talking about seeing things in dreams and they don't happen. And immediately I saw that scripture, that was the end of it. I never considered, all right, that thought again. And the reason why people sometimes get double-minded is that they don't have that kind of firm revelation at the beginning. I mean, if you go and meet the wealthiest man in this city, and he needed 200,000, you will not go and meet anybody else. You knocked on his door, he opened, he said, How are you? Sit down. You said, Sir, I need 200,000. He says, Come tomorrow morning and I'll give you the 200,000. As far as you're concerned, he said, Don't deal. All right, you are not going to leave that place and then say, who else can I go and meet, all right, for 200,000 because you know somebody who has the capacity to do it, has made the commitment to doing it. So many times it's because people have not heard from God directly concerning that situation. That's why they're still running hell to skelter Once God makes a commitment and you know the capacity of the person you are dealing with, then what happens is, all right, all right you know that god has made a commitment to that so we said you get revelation from god as step one all right and then what happens is you ask so meditate we said this meditate upon the scriptures and let them minister to you privately let them minister to you deeply let you have conversations that is you are authorized by the spirit of god this is not out of variance or out of rebellion or trying to show something. This is your private meditation time with God for the purpose of meeting a specific need in your life that you may never voice out to people, all right? I think I've said this for somebody in this church is relocated many years ago, all right? And he told me about the fact how he was beaten when he was in um, secondary school and command, military school, And that he was stubborn, and he was beaten, and he had he was brain was damaged, and so the the doctors told his father that he may not be able to go through school and come out. And he said, but he struggled and struggled to pass his exam, got into University of Ife. He said, but he would struggle literally just to get things. He said, and his father used to go back then for camp meeting, Kenneth Hagin, 1984, 1983, and he brought in um, tapes. There was this um, crystal rapper, I think Wiley something, Wiley, right? And they were playing it in the house and playing all of that, and he caught on to the faith message. He said, and he began to look for scriptures to to heal him of the condition, and he found three. Uh, He told me in the interview there, we put it on television, he said, I don't know how those scriptures ministered to me concerning my academics. He said, but when I read them now, they don't make that sense to me that they made in school. He said, I began to confess it. He said, to cut the long story short, I came out with a first, first class in le- electrical electronics, University of Faith, which is not a, a small thing to do, he said. And this was somebody who was diagnosed that he would not be able, all right, to go and have formal education there. So God makes a personal commitment to you So you go beyond, that's why when you get to this stage, you can't meet a pastor and say, what you preached is not working because it's no longer what he preached, is what you heard? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's beyond what you preach. It's not like Pastor, you know, you said it would do. It's beyond that. You you have you have pressed beyond that within the veil. You have pressed beyond conventional wisdom. The woman with the issue of blood pressed beyond even the understanding of Peter and the apostles. Nobody had done it. But revelation always takes you further than anything that you have mentally comprehended because God shows you something personally as a person. All right, that deposits something inside your heart so it's not even subject to the opinions of men that's why Jesus said who do men say that I am then when he got to revelation he said who do you say that I am which means what has been revealed to you not what people told you about me thank you for listening